The Lord be with you. And also with you. Let us pray. Almighty and ever-living God, in your tender love for the human race, you sent your Son, our Savior, Jesus Christ, to take upon him our nature and to suffer death upon the cross, giving us the example of his great humility. Mercifully grant that we may walk in the way of his suffering and also share in his resurrection. Through Jesus Christ, our Lord, who lives and reigns with you and the Holy Spirit, one God, forever and ever. Amen. A reading from the book of Philippians. Have this mind among yourselves, which is yours in Christ Jesus who, though he was in the form of God, did not count equality with God a thing to be grasped, but emptied himself, taking the form of a servant, being born in the likeness of men. And being found in human form, he humbled himself and became obedient unto death, even death on a cross. Therefore, God has highly exalted him and bestowed on him the name which is above every name, that at the name of Jesus every knee should bow in heaven and on earth and under the earth, and every tongue confess that Jesus Christ is Lord, to the glory of God the Father. The word of the Lord. Thanks be to God.
It was now two days before the Passover and the Feast of Unleavened Bread, and the chief priests and the scribes were seeking how to arrest him by stealth and kill him, for they said, Not during the feast, lest there be a tumult of people. And while he was at Bethany in the house of Simon the leper, as he sat at a table, a woman came with an alabaster flask of ointment of pure nard, very costly, and she broke the flask and poured it over his head. But there were some who said to them indignantly, And they reproached her, but Jesus said, Let her alone. Why do you trouble her? She has done a beautiful thing to me. For you always have the poor with you, and whenever you will, you can do good to them. But you will not always have me. She has done what she could. She has anointed my body beforehand for burial. And truly I say to you, wherever the gospel is preached, the whole world, what she has done will be told in memory of her. Then Judas Iscariot, who was one of the twelve, went to the chief priests in order to betray him to them. And when they heard it, they were glad and promised to give him money. And he sought an opportunity to betray him. And on the first day of unleavened bread, when they sacrificed the Passover lamb, his disciples said to him, And he sent two of his disciples and said to them, Go into the city, and a man carrying a jar of water will meet you. Follow him, and wherever he enters, say to the householder, The teacher says, Where is my guest room? Where am I to meet the Passover with my disciples? And he will show you a large upper room, furnished and ready. There, prepare for us. And the disciples set out and went to the city, and found it as he had told them, and they prepared the Passover. And when it was evening, he came with the twelve. And as they were at the table eating, Jesus said, Truly I say to you, one of you will betray me, one who is eating with me. They began to be sorrowful and to say to him one after the other. Is it I? And he said to them, And as they were eating, he took bread and blessed and broke it and gave it to them and said, Hey, this is my body. And he took a cup, and when he had given thanks, he gave it to them, and they all drank of it. And he said to them, This is my blood of the covenant, which is poured out for me. Truly I say to you, I shall not drink again of the fruit of the vine until that day when I drink it. And when they had sung a hymn, they went out to the Mount of Olives, and Jesus said to them, You will all fall away, for it is written, I will strike the shepherd, and the sheep will be scattered. But after I am raised up, I will go before you to Galilee. Peter said to him, Even though they all fall away, I will not. And Jesus said to him, But he said vehemently, If I must die with you, I will not deny you. 
And they all said the same. And they went to a place which was called Gethsemane. And he said to his disciples, And he took with him Peter and James and John and began to be greatly distressed and troubled. And he said to them, And going a little farther, he fell on the ground and prayed that if it were possible, the hour might pass from him. And he said, Our Father, all things are possible to thee. Remove this cup from me, yet not what I will, but what thou wilt. And he came and found them sleeping. And he said to Peter, And again he went away and prayed, saying the same words. And again he came and found them sleeping, for their eyes were very heavy, and they did not know what to answer him. And he came the third time and said to them, Are you still sleeping and taking your rest? It is enough. The hour has come. The Son of Man is betrayed into the hands of sinners. Rise, let us be going. See, my betrayer. And immediately, while he was still speaking, Judas came, one of the twelve, and with him a crowd of swords and clubs from the chief priests and the scribes and the elders. Now the betrayer had given them a sign, saying, And when he came, he went up to him at once and said, And he kissed him, and they laid hands on him and seized him. But one of those who stood by drew his sword and struck the slave of the high priest and cut off his ear. And Jesus said to them, Have you come out as against a robber with sword and club to capture me? Day after day I was with you in the temple teaching. You did not see me. But let the scriptures be fulfilled. And they all forsook him and fled. And a young man followed him with nothing but a linen cloth about his body. And they seized him, but he left the linen cloth and ran away naked. And they led Jesus to the high priest, and all the chief priests and the elders and the scribes were assembled. And Peter had followed him at a distance right into the courtyard of the high priest. And he was sitting with the guards and warming himself at the fire. Now the chief priests and the whole council sought testimony against Jesus to put him to death, but they found none. For many bore false witness against him, and their witness did not agree. And some stood up and bore false witness against him, saying, We heard him say, I will destroy this temple that is made with hands, and in three days I will build another not made with Yet not even so did their testimony agree. And the high priest stood up in the midst and asked Jesus, Have you no answer to make? What is it that these men testify against you? But he was silent. And made no answer. Again, the high priest asked him, Are you the Christ, the Son of the Blessed? And Jesus said, I am. And you will see the Son of Man seated at the right hand of power and coming in the clouds of heaven. And the high priest tore his garments and said, Why do we still need witnesses? You have heard of his blasphemy. What is your decision? 
and they all condemned him as deserving death. And some began to spit on him and to cover his face and to strike him, saying to him, And the guards received him with blows. And as Peter was below in the courtyard, one of the maids of the high priest came. Seeing Peter warming himself, she looked at him and said, But he denied it, saying, And he went out into the gateway, and the maid saw him and began again to say to the bystanders, But again he denied it. And after a little while again, the bystanders said to Peter, But he began to invoke a curse on himself and to swear. And immediately the cock crowed a second time, and Peter remembered how Jesus had said to him, And he broke down and wept. And as soon as it was morning, the chief priest, with the elders and scribes and the whole council, held a consultation, and they bound Jesus and led him away and delivered him to Pilate. And Pilate asked him, and he answered him. You have said so. And the chief priest accused him of many things. And Pilate again asked him, Have you no answer to make? See how many charges they bring against you. But Jesus made no further answer, so that Pilate wondered. Now at the feast he used to release for them one prisoner for whom they asked. And among the rebels in prison who had committed murder in the insurrection, there was a man called Barabbas. And the crowd came up and began to ask Pilate to do as he was wont to do for them. And he answered them, Do you want me to release for you this king of the Jews? For he perceived that it was out of envy that the chief priests had delivered him up. But the chief priests stirred up the crowd to have him release for them Barabbas instead. And Pilate again said to them, Then what shall I do with the man you call the king of the Jews? And they cried out again, And Pilate said to them, Why? What evil has he done? But they shouted all the more. So Pilate, wishing to satisfy the crowd, released for them Barabbas. And having scourged Jesus, he delivered him to be crucified. And the soldiers led him away inside the palace, that is the praetorium. And they called together the whole battalion. And they clothed him in a purple cloak. And plaiting a crown of thorns, they put it on him, and they began to salute him. And they struck his head with a reed and spat upon him, and they knelt down in homage to him. And when they had mocked him, they stripped him of the purple cloak and put his own clothes on him, and they led him out to crucify him. And they compelled a passerby, Simon of Cyrene, who was coming in from the country, the father of Alexander and Rufus, to carry his cross. And they brought him to the place called Golgotha, which means the place of a skull. And they offered him wine mingled with myrrh, but he did not take it. And they crucified him and divided his garments among them, casting lots for them to decide what each should take. It was the third hour when they crucified him. And the inscription of the charge against him read, The King of the Jews. And with him they crucified two robbers, one on his right 
and one on his left. And those who passed by derided him, wagging their heads, saying, So also the chief priests mocked him to one another with the scribes, saying, He saved others, he cannot save himself. Let the Christ, the King of Israel, come down now from the cross, that we may see and believe. Those who were crucified with him also reviled him. And when the sixth hour had come, there was darkness over the whole land until the ninth hour. And at the ninth hour, Jesus cried with a loud voice, which means, My God, my God, why hast thou forsaken me? And some of the bystanders hearing it said, And one ran and filling a sponge full of vinegar, put it on a reed and gave it to him to drink, saying, And Jesus uttered a loud cry and breathed his last. The curtain of the temple was torn in two from top to bottom, and when the centurion who stood facing him saw that he thus breathed his last, he said, Truly, this man is the Son of God. There were also women looking on from afar, among whom were Mary Magdalene, and Mary, the mother of James, the younger, and of Joses, and Salome, who, when he was in Galilee, followed him and ministered to him, and also many other women who came up with him to Jerusalem. And when evening had come, since it was the day of preparation, that is, the day before the Sabbath, Joseph of Arimathea, a respected member of the council, who was also himself looking for the kingdom of God, took courage and went to Pilate, and asked for the body of Jesus. And Pilate wondered if he were already dead, and summoning the centurion, he asked him whether he was already dead. And when he learned from the centurion that he was dead, he granted the body to Joseph. And he bought a linen shroud, and taking him down, wrapped him in the linen shroud, and laid him in a tomb, which had been hewn out of the rock. And he rolled a stone against the door of the tomb, Mary Magdalene and Mary, the mother of Joseph, saw where he was laid. Grant, O Lord, that thy word only may be spoken, and thy word only may be received. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. I've been thinking a lot about judgment this past week. Last week, the words of the Gospel of John that were recounted, it's the period of time recounted right before Jesus is crucified, 
pierced me. Now is the judgment of the world, Jesus says, speaking of his crucifixion. Now is the judgment of the world. And I, if I be lifted up, will draw all men unto myself. The judgment of the world. I've been thinking about this a lot because coincide, coinciding with that, with that reading from the gospel and the idea of judgment, uh, my wife Catherine and I went and saw a movie. The movie uh, was The Hunger Games, and it's based on an extremely popular book with young adults and old adults, I guess, is like. The book itself, or the movie at least, is very disturbing. It's nightmarish, even. Um, it's about a post-apocalyptic country with an authoritarian rule. And to keep, I won't ruin everything for you, but to keep everybody in submission to this authoritarian rule... To keep everybody in line, they have this thing called the Hunger Games in which uh, from 12 districts, two children between the ages of 12 and 18 are, are uh, selected by lottery and they participate in this thing called the Hunger Games where it's a fight to the death for all 24 of them. So basically, <clears throat> to keep everyone in line and to keep everyone submissive, they kill 23 teenagers every year. Now, it's based on uh, Theusis, I'm sure y'all are all interested in that, who was uh, the founding god of Athens, a great social reformer. It's also based on the gladiator games from Rome. The, the lady who was the author of this book had those things in mind as she wrote it. But what struck me, what disturbed me about this book and this movie the most is that it resonates so strongly with young adults in our world. The idea of an authoritarian rule and a heroine's struggle to reform it. The idea of a complex moral system when there is no clear good or evil. There's a clear evil, but there's no clear good like you would see in other heroic novels. It's got a complexity to it. And this whole idea of authoritarian rule and harsh judgments pervade this nightmare. So as my wife and I left the theater, I couldn't get this book out of my mind, this idea of judgment and submission. For we witnessed this morning in our reading of the Passion, the Roman idea of crucifixion, which is used as a tool of submission as well, a deterrent. Those who were judged were humiliated, mocked, killed, and made a symbol of non-compliance. We've seen that before in our 20th century, the most violent century in the history of the recorded world. Siberia, prison camps, punitive colonies, all judgments imposed to humiliate, to mock, to bring others into submission. Now is the judgment of this world. This morning we see an entirely different judgment. We see a judgment not that is one where it seeks to humiliate, where it seeks to bring into submission, where it seeks to mock, where it seeks to cripple. We see a judgment that is one of love. Jesus Christ judges the world with nail-pierced hands in love and not in submission. 
Jesus Christ judges the world from the cross in forgiveness. As the world mocks Him and spits on Him and uses Him as a deterrent, He forgives all. He forgives those who kill Him. Jesus Christ's judgment is self-giving. The eternal judge, He who hung the earth upon the waters, was hung on the cross. He gives of Himself. Our eternal judge gives of Himself, gives His life, and gives life to the world instead of taking life from the world. He gives instead of takes. He rules and judges in humility, not in pomp or with the holy angels holding Him up in some high marble throne, but from the humility of the cross, He judges the world in love and forgiveness, offering to the world salvation. That is how we are judged. And what was so disturbing to me was that there was not even a hint of of a religious ethic, a religious moral throughout this movie. And it made me wonder how much of our grasp how much of our witness, the Christian witness in society at large, has been lost. Can we even articulate what we witnessed this morning in the gospel? Can we even explain to others the goodness of God in Jesus Christ? Can we explain to others in a compelling way, in a way that others will understand the mercy of God, the peace of God? It is evident Perhaps that we cannot, given that half of Hattiesburg 18 was taken up by one movie, that this book has been on the bestseller list. Perhaps we have lost our witness and our grasp on society. Perhaps we are out of touch. Perhaps we have lost our voice. And that's a good question to sort of ponder, isn't it? It's a hard question. A difficult question. But then we must ask ourselves, how do we ourselves react to this judgment of love and life and mercy and peace and humility? How do we react? What do we make of it? He has given His life for ours. How do we respond on a day-to-day basis? Do we make pleasing God our highest priority? Do we make the obligations of our faith the highest priority? Or do we reach the end of the day and say, I'm too tired to pray, I'll do it tomorrow? Do we say, it's a sunny day, I'll skip church? Do we say, someone else will feed the homeless? Someone else will help that person who's in the gutter? Do we live the faith we proclaim? Is returning thanks our first and highest priorities? Or do we allow everything else to get away? Lamentations, there's a verse from Lamentations that's often put with the cross, the crucifix. Is it nothing to you, all ye who pass by? Do we pass by that symbol of humility? Do we pass by the judge of eternity? Do we pass by and think nothing of it? Do we pass by the world like the world and think nothing of the sacrifice of Jesus Christ in our life? It's tough questions. But I promise you, 
Christian church has lost its voice in the world, even in the South. It has either been distorted or abused or lost altogether. We have failed at showing to the world peace and love and mercy and humility. We have failed at showing to the world salvation. The world, especially those who made The Hunger Games the most popular book and movie in this land, we have failed them to even show them the mercy and the peace and the love of God. So my brothers and sisters, let us commit ourselves this day to a broken world. Let us commit ourselves this day to a world that is in dire need of love and forgiveness and peace and joy and hope. Let us commit ourselves to not walking by the cross of Christ and thinking of it, nothing of it. Let us commit ourselves to remember every day, every minute of every day, what Jesus Christ did for us on the cross, the act of love that saved our souls. And let us give thanks for that. Let it, let it permeate every ounce of our being. And let us go forth from this place as witnesses to God's love and mercy and salvation in Jesus Christ. Let us give to the world hope. Let us give to the world faith. Let us give to the world mercy. Let us give to the world the peace that it cannot give itself. Let us give to the world Jesus Christ. In the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Please turn in your prayer books to page 358 and standing, join Jeff with the words of the Nicene Creed. Again, page 358 in the Book of Common Prayer. Let us affirm our faith in God and in His Holy Church. We believe in one God, the
prayers of the people found on page 12 of your bulletin. Let us pray for the church and for the world. Grant, Almighty God, that all who confess your name may be united in your truth, live together in your love, and reveal your glory in the world. Lord, in your mercy. Guide the people of this land and of all the nations in the ways of justice and peace, that we may honor one another and serve the common good. Lord, in your mercy. Give us all a reverence for the earth as your own creation, that we may use its resources rightly in the service of others and to your honor and glory. Lord, in your mercy. Bless all whose lives are closely linked with ours and grant that we may serve Christ in them and love one another as he loves us. Lord, in your mercy. Comfort and heal all those who suffer in body, mind, or spirit. Give them courage and hope in their troubles, and bring them the joy of your salvation. Lord, in your mercy. We commend to your mercy all who have died, especially John Maslanka, Harding, and Joe Smith, that your will for them may be fulfilled. And we pray that we may share with all your saints in your eternal kingdom. Lord, in your mercy. Let us pray for our own needs and those of others. For your handmaids with child, especially Heather Brown, Catherine Davis, Maggie Farrell, Karen Fitzgerald, Elizabeth Hancock, Kim Johnson, Amanda Kennedy, Jennifer Malone, Jody Tucker, Lynn Weaver, and for those celebrating birthdays this week, especially Marcy Sarah, Andrew Cockrell, and Herbert Parsley, and for those celebrating anniversaries this week, especially John and Nancy Geis and Eric and Crystal Nail. For those who suffer in body, mind, or spirit, especially Connie Baxter, Lisa Bushelon, Forrest Boyd, Beth Boykin, Karen Cannon, Cesar Centeno, Luca Seraldo, Bill Devers, Mike Dermid, Ed Daughtery, Barbara Fairley, Bonnie Garner, Vicki Glenn, Buddy Graham, Bill Hersham, Leroy Jensen, Sharon LaRochelle, Lynn Jenkins Lindsay, Mary Lou Lott, Della McAllister, Josie McDaniel, Jean Miller, Austin Morgan, Jenny Lou Kwong, Catherine Rich, Ashley Rogers, Ray Sanderson, Diane Scott, Rule Shiles, Casey Smith, Don Smith, Robert Smith, Wendy Sneed, Carolyn Ruth Stansel, Henry Temple, Joan Todd, Martha Jane Tyler, Mary Wade, Kitty Wagasapak, Shirley Waldrop, Dan Walters, and Maria Webb. 
for all who suffer from chronic illnesses and for those we now name. For the protection of the men and women of our armed forces at home and abroad, especially John Asbell, Louisa Balthazard, Chase Bradshaw, John Brewer, Michael Buechler, Michael Cahill, Mark Carter, Melissa Kleckler, Stan Harris, Jane Holloway, Scott Howell, Eric Jamillo, Walton Lucky, Bailey Lutz, Calvin Powell, R.P. Powell, Harold Russell, Jay Holloway, Michael Thomas, Joe Vinson, James Warner, Mark Waters, and Wyatt Welch. Lord, in your mercy. O ever-living God, let this mind be in us, which also was in Christ Jesus, that as he from his loftiness stooped to the death of the cross, so we in our lowliness may humble ourselves, believing, obeying, living, and dying to the glory of the Father. For the same Jesus Christ's sake. Amen. Please stand. The peace of the Lord be always with you. And also with you. Good morning, everyone, and welcome to to St. John's on this Sunday of the Passion or Palm Sunday. It's great to see you all here today um, and hope no one's withering with the heat outside. Um, A few announcements. Uh, First of all, before I go over the weekly schedule, I do want to to announce that on April 28th, we will have a uh, fundraiser for the Honduras Medical Mission, which is an extremely important uh, ministry of the Diocese of Mississippi with our companion diocese. Uh, in the Anglican Church of Honduras. We, the diocese sends uh, doctors and dentists and nurses and uh, <clears throat> construction workers and things down to the poorest parts of, of Honduras to, to uh, give medical aid and supplies and also agricultural help and education as well as infrastructure help and education. Uh, and to raise money for that, we are uh, bringing in a really neat uh, troop. They are... It's, uh, it's the, called the Mayberry Ministries, and they uh, go around recreating or reliving some of the most famous scenes from the Andy Griffith show. Uh, and they'll be here on April the 28th. We'll have two shows, a matinee and a dinner theater. So it'd be a wonderful evening out. Uh, it'd be a, a really nice dinner following. So I do uh, ask you to put that on your calendar. And the week, uh, Easter week, we'll get tickets uh, available in, uh, both on the website and, and in the office. So, so please mark your calendar for that. And do all in your power to support it because it goes to a very, very worthy cause. Uh, as you can see, our Holy Week schedule, uh, we will have uh, Monday, Thursday at 6 p.m. That has the uh, washing of the feet and then the stripping of the altar. And then we'll have a solemn vigil at the side altar uh, until 
till midnight that night. Good Friday, we have one service at 12.05. That's the solemn liturgy of the day with the veneration of the cross and communion from the reserved sacrament. And then Saturday, our Easter vigil will start at sundown, uh, 7.15 p.m., uh, which is, that is sort of the central service, the, the most important liturgy in the life of the church. It's 7.15 p.m., and we'll be baptizing Carter Burroughs, that's the son of Hillary and Michael Burroughs, so uh, please do make every effort to come out and support Carter in his new life in Christ, and to welcome in Easter in due fashion. And then Easter Sunday, we'll have a said mass or low mass at 8 o'clock, and then we'll have an Easter egg hunt, and I think we have over a thousand eggs this year to, to, to hide. Uh, we'll also have the flowering of the cross and a festive tea at 9.30 on the lawn, and then um, high solemn mass here at 10.30 with orchestra and all kind of wonderful things that's not to be missed. Uh, so mark your calendar for that. And again, everyone, welcome. Ascribe to the Lord the honor to his name, bring offerings and come into his courts.
all things come of Thee, O Lord, and of Thine own have we given Thee. The holy sacrifice of this Eucharist is offered to the greater glory of God and thanksgiving for His many, many blessings upon our lives. Giving thanks, especially this day, for His passion and death and looking forward to His glorious resurrection by which we obtain our salvation. We offer special intentions for all those Christian pilgrims walking the way of Lent, remembering especially those for whom the proclamation of faith may cost them their lives. We also ask special intentions today that we may be, become bearers of God's mercy and love and peace and hope to a broken world. And may the souls of all the faithfully departed through the mercy of God rest in peace. Amen. We give thanks to you, O God, for the goodness and love which you have made known to us in creation, in the calling of Israel to be your people, 
in your word spoken through the prophets, and above all, in the word made flesh, Jesus, your son. For in these last days you sent him to be incarnate from the Virgin Mary, to be the Savior and Redeemer of the world. In him you have delivered us from evil and made us worthy to stand before you. In him you have brought us out of error into truth, out of sin into righteousness, out of death into life. On the night before he died for us, our Lord Jesus Christ took bread. And when he had given thanks to you, he broke it and gave it to his disciples and said, Take, eat, this is my body which is given for you. Do this for the remembrance of me. After supper, he took the cup of wine, and when he had given thanks, he gave it to them and said, Drink this, all of you. This is my blood of the new covenant, which is shed for you and for many for the forgiveness of sins. Whenever you drink it, do this for the remembrance of me. Therefore, according to his command, O Father, we remember his death, we proclaim his resurrection, we await his coming in glory, and we offer our sacrifice of praise and thanksgiving to you, O Lord of all, presenting to you from your creation this bread and this wine. We pray you, gracious God, to send your Holy Spirit upon these gifts, that they may be the sacrament of the body of Christ and his blood of the new covenant. Unite us to your Son and his sacrifice, that we may be acceptable through him, being sanctified by the Holy Spirit. In the fullness of time, put all things in subjection under your Christ, and bring us to that heavenly country where, with the ever-blessed Virgin Mary, St. John our patron, and all your saints, we may enter the everlasting heritage of your sons and daughters, through Jesus Christ our Lord, the firstborn of all creation, the head of the church, and the author of our salvation. By him and
Let us pray. Almighty and ever-living God, we thank you for feeding us with the spiritual food of the most precious body and blood of your Son, our Savior, Jesus Christ, and for assuring us in these holy mysteries that we are living members of the body of your Son and heirs of your eternal kingdom. And now, Father, send us out to do the work you have given us to do, to love and serve you as faithful witnesses of Christ our Lord. To him, to you, and to the Holy Spirit, be honor and glory, now and forever. Amen. Bow down before the Lord. Almighty God, we pray you graciously to behold this your family, for which our Lord Jesus Christ was contented to be betrayed and given into the hands of sinners and to suffer death upon the cross, who now lives and reigns with you in the Holy Spirit, one God, forever and ever. Amen. And the blessing of God Almighty, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit be upon you and remain with you always. Amen.
the Mass has ended, go in peace to love and to serve the Lord. Thanks be to God. Oh, now get it.